always have trouble like going quiet and then starting up. I'm like a car baby. I just got to rev I these know. engines. This will probably be a part of the show anyway. Welcome to the Call Me By Your Game podcast. Uh, this is episode eight. Um, if you've never listened to this show before, um, don't worry about it. If you have, thank you so much for listening. Uh, and But again, for those of you who haven't, this is a show where I will bring on a guest, uh, a friend of mine, to talk about a video game that is special to them. We will dive into what made playing that experience special. It's not necessarily about why this is the best game ever, um, because that is uh, subjective uh, and we're not the judges of that, uh, but I just I love the <laughs> the connection that people have to video games, uh, and so today I'm bringing on a good friend of mine from college, uh, Nick Limone. Uh, Nick is a th- this is the sentence I oh, I, I told Nick now. I was going to share about him because I like to share about my guest. Well, first off, we know each other because we went to college together at APU. But correct uh, for those of you who don't know Nick, uh, he is a writer reader. Rebel Alliance leader and video <laughs> and video producer at IGN. So welcome, Nick. Hey, thank you so much for having me, dude. Also, thank you for leading the Rebel Alliance. I really appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, someone's got to do it, yeah. right? We're six days out from Rise of the Skywalker. Mm. Dude, I might make a cameo. Who knows? Oh, boy. Oh, I can't actually say that. Oh, oh please, shoot. Do, please remove this from the podcast right now. <laughs> you're, you're like how Daniel Craig was a stormtrooper in The yeah. Force Awakens. You're, you're, you're also a stormtrooper? I'm a, I'm a gronk droid, actually. I'm just one of those <laughs> dumb little shoe bots. Yes. Is that what those are called? Yeah. Wow, Gonk that's droid. Sorry, not gronk. <laughs> gronk. Gronk is a German streamer. I found, I found that out the and other day. And Gronk was a former professional football player, a big dopey guy who was also the, one of the greatest tight ends of all time. Anyway, I don't know anything about sports, so you could say literally anything. This is a new segment on the show uh, called Gronk Talk. Gronk Talk. <laughs> and so Gronk and Gonk. Yeah, Gronk. Oh, yeah. Oh. It's a cute robot. Wow. He's a little trash can. Amazing. Uh, well, yeah. Welcome on the show. Thank hey. you so much for doing this. Thanks, dude. Uh, this is a really great excuse for us to see each other maybe for the first time since we graduated yeah i think so i'm cool. a social shut-in so like it's fine <laughs> well perfect uh well then this feels like a big accomplishment yeah uh you're on the show today and uh the game that nick wanted to talk about is uh, also a game that i really love and adore and that is chrono trigger uh that was originally on the snes yeah man chrono trigger i was like man I can't choose Chrono Trigger. <laughs> Everyone's going to choose Chrono yeah. Trigger. But then I was like, no one's chosen Chrono Trigger. I'm going to talk about it. Yeah, especially being so... That is the nice thing about being uh, an early guest in this podcast. Surely, a decades-long life. I'll be doing this. Jeremy, you're also going to be doing it for decades. Oh, just a heads up. So you, so <laughs> oh, just, yeah. yeah. It'll keep me young. Jeremy is so upset right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's the nice thing about being an early guest is you kind of have your... Um, your games to pick and choose i have already um because i have a whole google sheet all the whole google drive going for this bad boy tell me those secrets oh i treat this like my job uh unfortunately i do uh (laughs) but i already have accidentally i had gotten the thumbs up when we did the metal gear solid episode with mikey stevens to do that i he wanted to do that someone i had talked to like a week later about doing the show and they were like oh i want to do this game I had forgotten that I had already given Mikey the go-ahead, so when I went back <gasps> to look for this guest and be like, what game does they, do they want to do? I It was blank, and I remembered. I was like, oh, they wanted to do Metal Gear Did you Gear have Solid. to break it to them? Like, you can't talk I, about your game. I did. I did. <laughs> truly. I texted. Well, and then, I, then at that point, I was like, well, at what point do I open this up and 
be okay with multiple episodes about the same game because it's someone's personal experience, which I think maybe that would be a way to change things up in the future. But like years later. Oh, yeah. yeah. We're yeah. talking year eight yeah. for sure. <laughs> I've definitely, there have been multiple people uh, who have requested Super Mario 64. That has been claimed. Um, this one, I, this would have been one of the ones for me too. Yeah. I love this game. Well, it's interesting. Earlier you said something like, you know, this isn't a podcast about discussion of the best game of all time, <laughs> because like, you know, art is subjective and mm. blah, blah, blah. But no, this game is objectively the greatest yeah. game of all time. I mean, if, if someone were to make a, like a, a very staunch argument for a game, this is one that would be fair to do that for. It's always the one that every single media outlet, every year they do their hundred best mm-hmm. games of all time. And it's you usually in the top five like pretty regularly so if you did like mm-hmm. a mathematical look at it and you took some averages it's probably gonna win out yeah this- but again this isn't like a weird i had nothing to do with the game it was just, <laughs> it's just very special to me your your father's uh made dragon quest and final fantasy yeah, so that's why my you're father against- is john squaresoft <laughs> <laughs> His father was Mr. Squaresoft. <laughs> Call uh, me sir, damn it. <laughs> uh, it this game, I mean, I, like I said, I also love this game. Before we get into the context and history a little bit, um, we, I was telling you earlier on the, maybe it was between the video portion or was at the end, about uh, Jeremy's show, Video Games, a Comedy Show. Right. Um, we, and we did the serious show episode about Earthbound. We also started doing a fun mix em up episode uh in January, we did the first one. We came up with this game called Space Solace, which mm. is uh, basically a fun way we wanted to talk about uh, games on a certain system. So we created this fake scenario where it's like, we're all doing space research and we're in space and we brought the whole N64 library with us. Mm. And then we get hit by an asteroid and each of us can only take five games to be <laughs> with us for the rest of our lives. Uh, but then we do a draft, like a little snake draft. Oh, I'm into that. And so we did the Super Nintendo episode in June. The first pick was Super Metroid and I had the second pick and I took Chrono Trigger. Ooh, good choice. The smarter, the yeah. smarter choice. First off, thank you oh, wait, so much. Oh, wait. You, you chose Super Metroid, didn't you? It was actually uh, Michael Hearn. Oh, okay. Yeah, Jeremy, what did you get I with just, your first pick? I uh, wanted to mention that on IGN's top 100 games <gasps> of all time, oh, dude. Chrono Trigger is 18. Oh, they, Zach Ryan wrote that. Not oh, wow. the top 10. They update that list every year, and trust me, I sent several emails. <laughs> <laughs> they removed Final Fantasy Tactics, and I was like, this transgression will not stand yeah. up. Who, oh. do I, who do I need to talk to? <laughs> I, talk I to? sent at least three emails, which is more effort than I put into anything I do. Also, that's so f- who I want, who even gets that email at the company? <laughs> yeah. Like They're like, oh, I guess I gotta process this and like send it off to somebody Ooh, No, else. It, they literally sent out a blur. I was like, oh, hey, cool. these are the games we're removing. If you feel strongly about it, hit me up. And I was oh. like, all right, here we go. Cracks yeah. fingers gets on the You're keyboard. Like, oh, I'll be hitting you up. <laughs> wow. But it, it it is updated over time, but it does it's regularly in the discussion. Cool. I'll just yeah. I'll keep it at that. You're you know what? And uh and I think your transgressions with that list are warranted because it should be higher. Um uh all that to say, definitely check out that Space Solace Super Nintendo episode. Yeah, it's, that sounds I'll, fun. I'll send it to you. It, they are like, like the fun. most. We just did the play us the play us one. Whoa, I've had half a beer. Uh, we just did the PlayStation One because uh, it was the 25th anniversary, yeah. and that was very fun too. 
Chrono Cross did not get taken. See, when you pitched the show to me, mm-hmm. I thought it was studying the effects of playing Glover in space <laughs> forever and just like what that would do to the human psyche. No, that's a lot darker than the game I would imagine. That's frightening. Uh, wow. Uh, let's get into a little bit of the game history and context. Ooh, lay it on I'll me. start sharing stuff. You cut in whenever you want to. Uh, Chrono Trigger is a JRPG that was developed by uh, by SquareSoft and released for the SNES in 1995. Uh, like we were saying earlier, it's considered to be not only one of the greatest JRPGs of all time, but one of the greatest games of all time. Um, and uh, I think at the very foundation of this game, one of the things that makes it very special is that it is the culmination of a project started by what uh, Square dubbed as the Dream Team. Um, do you want to talk about the Dream Team at all? Because I, yeah. c- I could share as well. Uh, the Dream Team is the, the Chrono Trigger. This is also a quiz part. You need to have this memorized. Oh, trust me. You best, <laughs> you best believe I looked all this stuff before I came in. Um, no, Chrono Trigger truly is a unicorn game in that it kind of shouldn't exist. Mm-hmm. And it all did because of the people behind it. And yeah. it's the Dream Team. As you said, it's led by uh, Final Fantasy series creator Hironobu Sakaguchi. It is... Dragon Quest creator Yuji Hori. You have um, I forget the guy who actually assembled the team. His oh yeah, name. I don't know that person's name either. It's like Aoki or something like that. Mm. But um, in addition, you have Nobuo Uematsu who does all of the music for Final Fantasy, and then you have the creator slash artist behind Dragon Ball Z and Dragon Quest, Akira Toriyama. Yeah. And so when you have oh, and also. He's not actually included on the Dream Team, but he absolutely should be because he nearly died making this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Yasunori Mitsuda, yes. who composed the score, and Nobuo Umatsu helped him out. But like that clout that you have in one room assembling a game of this caliber, truly just, it's a once-in-a-lifetime a type thing. Yeah. You have literally the biggest franchises in Japan working together to create something truly special. <laughs> You know how in like, a, I mean, many, this is, it's, I don't even know if you'd call it like a JRPG trope. It's definitely like something that happens in like, even it happens in this game in JRPGs. It happens in Final Fantasy VI where all of the greatest like warriors or like representatives come together to fight <laughs> for this cause. This game is that. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it was in a time when Square was actively looking to develop for next gen, which would have been mm-hmm. Final Fantasy VII for the PlayStation this was kind of like, what can we put out before that? Yeah. And so, like, Final Fantasy VII was actively in development while they were working on mm-hmm. Chrono Trigger. And I believe, I might be mistaken, but I'm pretty sure Tetsuya Nomura is involved in this to mm-hmm. some extent. And he went on to direct Final Fantasy VII and uh, basically direct a lot of Final Fantasy and now Kingdom Hearts. He loves drawing zippers and belts onto people. That's <laughs> his favorite thing in the world. Big keys? But I digress. <laughs> yeah. It's... it's a very big deal yeah. of a game. It it kind of I mean with like the with you know as insane it is, as it is and terrible as it is that Donald Trump is our president. That's one of those things I hear people be like we are living in a simulation. It happened at this point and there's that's the only way this could have ever happened with having the, the him and the reality we live in now. This feels like another thing that like in another simulation of this <laughs> or like just another iteration of this universe there's no this is like the one that it happens in oh yeah but like instead i'm the dork otaku programmer who's like i want to put all my favorite anime people together (laughs) yes exactly (laughs) oh but i would argue way more impactful than the universe actually changing (laughs) (laughs) 
um yeah the, and the way that this all came together with this with this team um was that the that they famously took a a trip to uh the United States to research American game design. Mm. So they were all spending time together. And then this idea and the decision to work together came out of that. Um, so it's kind of, I love that this whole creation of this thing starts with a, a road trip movie. Yeah. And it's just, there are just people like, man, wouldn't it be dope if we just made the coolest game ever? Yes. And they're like, I don't know. That's a great idea. Yeah. Let's do it. I'm so glad they did it. <laughs> um, the game itself uh, follows uh, Chrono and his, uh, or Chrono is probably how it's truly pronounced. Chrono. I've always said Chrono. Probably because my name is Khan. Well, there's no H in it because it's like weird American localization. Mm. So, like, I understand the tendency to just say Chrono because yeah. I feel like it's no h there thank you thank you for sticking <laughs> I'll out justify for me. you i appreciate it. you're gonna have to by the way just being a, a friend of mine do that a lot <laughs> <laughs> jeremy can tell you uh so you you are you it follows uh chrono who is your the main protagonist in the story um and his party made up of representatives from across time as they band together to defeat the greatest threat to their planet and therefore the universe which is lavos uh it's a turn-based jrpg uh, like I said, was critically acclaimed and is still widely regarded as one of the greatest of all time. Uh, is there anything else you want to share about the game history and context? No, I, okay. I feel like you really nailed it. Hey, well I think done. we really nailed it. Hey, buddy. Very cool. We just fist bumped. Yeah. You can't hear that, though. Yeah. I think they felt it. Yeah. They're like, oh, they're probably fist bumped. Yeah, right for now. sure. Uh, and, all right, let's just jump into it. Um, I remember we talked about how I got into this game on the video portion. I can share more, but I can share that later too. But this is about, this is your game that you chose mm. to talk about. So how did you discover this game? How did that happen? So, uh, like probably most first people talking about a game that was like super influential, it all happened. Like I first got my hands on the game as a result of my older brothers who I basically inherited their console and that inherited is a very uh, maybe not the right word because i just got to play the game yeah. when they weren't actively using the super nintendo they loaned it to you yeah and it was just like oh can i squeeze in some time but i was also very young so i couldn't read i was uh -huh. like i was like four or five years old so i just did not know what was being said yeah i couldn't i just knew that i liked the way it looked and i'd do the thing that with both chrono trigger and final fantasy 3 I would just make a new game every time mm -hmm. because I didn't understand the idea of being able to save a game yeah. and then also having the wherewithal to be able to understand and parse text mm -hmm. and actually save and load games. So I would just see the opening over and over again. It was just the game. I was like, man, one day I'm going to one day I'm really going to get this game. And yeah. <laughs> then our Super Nintendo broke. And so I. Oh, no. And, and it just became this game that I, w I had vague memories mm -hmm. of like, what is this game? Like, ah, well, I, I don't know what this is. And so um, I got a copy of Tips and Tricks magazine that was in the grocery store specifically because they had a guide for Chrono Trigger for the PlayStation re-release that I didn't know was happening. Oh, boy. So then I was like, oh, my God, I'm, I bought the magazine. Yeah. And then I was like, Mom, we need to get Chrono Trigger. Uh, it's called F the Final Fantasy Chronicles yes. disc, I believe. And it's it's a two-pack. It comes with Final Fantasy IV and Chrono Trigger, which is a very weird pairing. But... I was like, I need this. And it's, I didn't find this out until later, but it is the worst way of playing the game because the load times are miserable. Yeah, oh. I guess that has, I was, um, 
I was also brushing up uh, today, and I was listening to, I think it was the Kanan Rince podcast. I don't know if you listen to that show at all. Mm-hmm. It's really good. They, they dive into, uh, do a lot of deep dives into big games. Not all JRPGs. In fact, mostly not. But they did an ep- I was listening to their Chrono-, Chrono Trigger episode, and they were discussing that. And I think it had something to do with, like, that version was the it was some it's something crazy like it's the japanese translation that they are actively translating to english as you play it so it's that's why the load times are so slow for like the battles and stuff like that yeah it's real which bad. is a which is a bummer was you're talking about the super nintendo that you would uh that you like loaned or inherited were loaned or inherited from your brothers and i'm realizing that i know nothing about you growing up or your uh or your siblings at all. Are you an LA kid? Where are you from? I actually uh, do not know this. I'm actually from a, uh, about an hour and a half away from LA in okay. an area called, uh, Riverside. Oh yeah. <laughs> I've heard of the yeah. area of Riverside. <laughs> yeah. I grew up in actually Rialto, but I went to school in Riverside, but, okay. uh, yeah, I have two older brothers. Um, the middle brothers, Joshua, and mm-hmm. then the oldest brothers, Lionel. And, uh, I think a lot of my taste in games, comes directly from my oldest brother Lionel uh-huh. because Josh is very much more into the like sports games and stuff mm-hmm. like that which was fine but I didn't really care classic middle brother but Joshua like, but my oldest brother he was he was the one who I basically discovered like anime through mm-hmm. and like everything he was the brother like like oh man that's I like all the things he does and as by as is what happens with most little brothers, you just want to copy your brothers and oh, be yeah. cool like them. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, I'm gonna watch anime now. I'm gonna play video games now and do this. And and from a time that I was super young, one thing that looking back now is kind of crazy to think is, I was always drawn to Japanese media without knowing. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't know what Japan was when I was five years yeah. old, but like for some reason it always kind of spoke to me and I was like, mm-hmm. I like the way this looks like Dragon Ball Z was very formative for me in this period of my life because it was my first exposure. Uh, like most Americans, like in that time frame. but little did I know, I was like, I feel like Dragon Ball Z is like Chrono Trigger mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh, they're, wow. they're so similar. And then once I knew, I was mm-hmm. like, Oh my God, that's crazy. Akira Toriyama drew Dragon Ball Z, mm-hmm. created Dragon Ball. And he also did character designs for this. So it was just, it kind of, it really blew my mind that I was like, wow, Akira Toriyama has had a very like profound impact on my upbringing yeah. without me knowing it, which is really, really cool. To wow. Think about. That's very cool. Um, man. Yeah. I, I didn't have, uh, I'm the oldest of two. Mm. I have a younger sister, Carly, who gets Carly McCabe just leading the podcast and shout outs. She just gets shout outs all the time. <laughs> uh, last, the last episode that aired, it was me talking about when I, me and my sister did not get along. So this is, I'm saying nice things about her now. She's wonderful. Um, but anyway, I didn't have older siblings, but my best friend, uh, Eddie, his older siblings were his older brothers, though, and he was the youngest. Like you are, uh, this was uh, Andy and Alex. They were like my older brothers growing up, so it was kind of similar. Like I, I didn't have that exact experience, but when I would be with that family, I can't like that sort of thing happened all the time, and that's mm-hmm. honestly a big reason why I'm into um, sports and video games and like comedy as much as I am is for because of those dudes. So it's so that that's. I can relate yeah. to the influence you had. It's a transitive property yeah. of like being with people <laughs> yeah. that you look up to yeah. to some extent. Yeah. Then, yeah, that's always nice. It really is. Um, would, was the Super Nintendo the first console you remember? I mean, 
that was made in 19 i think came out in 1990 yeah it was it are was, you a 1990 kid i'm a 92 oh my nick you are so young oh my goodness <laughs> i'm an old i, I may not look man. it but I, <laughs> I i do my best yeah <laughs> um so i get the super nintendo would have been the first console you kind of remember yeah it um, was definitely my first video game console like, yeah it was the one that again i couldn't read and my oldest brother loved his jrpg mm-hmm. so i was just like wow video games are crazy you just play the same thing over and over at the beginning <laughs> that's great <laughs> I love it. Wow. If you subscribed, imagine thinking for a few years or however long it was for you that that's all that video games were and you still were in love with it. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, buddy, wait till you get past the first level. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you mean there's more? Yeah. What? <laughs> oh, gosh. It's that's like in uh, it's we kind of referenced it earlier, like a moment in the beginning of a game where you're like, this must be the whole game. Like yeah. in Link to the Past where you you fight Aghanim for the first time. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, no, there's two-thirds of this game left similar thing yeah you would discuss this in the video portion but the game it it does a good job of uh, like subverting a lot of the tropes of the genre Mm -hmm. in that you know let's look at the most basic ass jrpg out there it's dragon quest in the original dragon quest your quest is to save the princess and kill the evil king and you do that the game ends Mm -hmm. and then final fantasy kind of put a spun on that in the original game because you go out to save a princess and destroy this evil entity and you do that like within the first two hours of the game. Mm-hmm. And then you have a beautiful title sequence of it says Final Fantasy on it. Like, what, did I just beat the game? <laughs> and then it's just like, no, now it just started. Yeah. And so it, it kind of like blew people's minds back mm-hmm. in the day. And that it is it, taking something that is a clearly beloved format and just changing it a little bit. Yeah. And this does something very similar in that. You think the quest is going to be to save Marley. Mm-hmm. Um, she's getting lost in time. You're going to try to track her down and keep her stable in one period of time. But then you find out there's this evil entity named Lavos who who is a calamity on this planet mm-hmm. who will destroy the world unless you do something. Yeah. And so it really opens up and it, and it does it like not only it's not a prophecy that you learn it from. It is something that has already happened. Yeah. You look at it when you are in the future and you watch pl- a video playback of the world being destroyed. And it's like, oh man, mm-hmm. if I don't do something, this is going to happen again. Yeah. And which uh, is such a good hook. Yeah. Ugh. Jeez. Oh uh, man. Yeah. Like, like we said earlier, I remember playing this game for the first time. Like I said, I didn't have a super Nintendo. I played this on an emulator on my computer uh, growing up. It was truly the game where I, and where I like, this is the first game. I really spent a lot of time on my computer playing for, as far mm-hmm. as emulated games goes, uh, emulated, emulated. Well, this is going great. Emulated <laughs> games go. Uh-huh. Uh, and, uh, it, I remember it totally capturing me, even though I was playing and I didn't have a controller mm-hmm. with like, uh, a keyboard. And obviously you didn't even use the mouse. It was just the keyboard yeah. for that game. So, um, and yeah, it totally blew me away when I was like, wait, there's more after saving this print. I thought that was, it's not that I thought it was going to be like a two hour game. I assumed it would be long like a Zelda, but that that was the whole thing. Yeah. And that was pretty special. Uh, well, I, I was very in a, in a yeah. similar boat. Once I picked it up finally for PlayStation and I got to relive that childhood experience of like wanting it, wanting to know more and now finally having the ability to experience it. That's, I think I think it might be the first game that I was like, oh, wow, you're like 
really you really like video games now, Nick. <laughs> like like you're gonna spend your career you're gonna right? you're gonna sh- like shoehorn your way into an opportunity where you will talk about video games for a living yes. to some extent because of this game yeah i mean that's like uh, i mean that's it ends up if people different people on, who come on this podcast have different relationships with i guess video games as a whole but for someone like yourself who not only like loves them and actively consumes them but also does it for your job you never know like how much that is going to impact you yeah no I, I, I have a problem like i love video games <laughs> oh, a lot oh dude we have some serious Jer- between jeremy and i that jeremy has helped me develop some issues jeremy <laughs> jeremy i used to just like you know take i would take a hit of a game every so often yeah, yeah. and I've, I've gone in and out of big game swings in my life but once i started hanging out more with jeremy about a year ago doing his show man i'm mainlining that straight yeah. to the main oh mm. um broken also we are yeah Yeah. also the fact that you this is your i mean i don't know if this is your favorite game of all if you've said this is it's my favorite game of all time it's your favorite game of all time um the fact that you fell in love with this game in its like worst form really shows what a good guy you are (laughs) truly you stuck with i didn't know any better (laughs) but hey you still stuck with this with this game in a dark time in its life and now it's had a glow up especially on the ds oh yeah the ds is the definitive version yeah. of the game and they even add a new ending which is nice and yes. that's the thing we haven't actually touched on the game has multiple endings it does it has like 18 i want to say mm-hmm. something like that yeah you can i mean goodness there's so i mean there's so much to dive into with that so i guess do you want to talk about that at all do you want uh, like, yeah leave? yeah sure um like i when i played it through on playstation i definitely was like okay i beat the game mm-hmm. i'm done with it and that's fine. Like, I knew there were other endings, but I got the experience I wanted from it at that point in my life. Do you remember what that first one was? I believe it's just the one, the, I got the, uh, the dream team ending. Cool. The one that's like, no, I'm sorry. The dream team ending I got on the DS version because you have to beat the game like a second time. Oh yeah. Uh, I did the one where I believe you meet up with, um, Marley in the millennia fair at the very end of the game. It's at night. And then every, it's like a very wholesome, nice mm-hmm. ending. And then that's when the time portal opens up one more time and Chrono's cat runs inside. And then the cat oh, yeah. gets sucked into another time period. And then it's like, oh, the adventures continue kind of That's thing. such a Back to the Future moment. Yeah. That is so perfect. <laughs> it was just like, oh, wow, this was the right ending. Chrono, you've got to come back with me. But but then when I just... <laughs> we have to have the Libyans, Chrono. I don't know how they found me, but they found me, Chrono. What's Libya? <laughs> um, but then when I discovered the game on ds again yeah. that's when i was just like i'm just gonna destroy this game now wow. like I, I that's why oh, I, made yeah. it, I made it a point to just get every ending mm-hmm. in the ds version and um fun fact this game actually invented the new game plus mode yeah which is like a kind of a, a, a core conceit of the game is being able to play it multiple times with having your progress carry over from mm-hmm. your previous playthrough so your first playthrough of the game might be like 30 hours long yeah and then you think like oh you have to beat it again it really picks up pace like once you have the ability to just one shot literally everything that's in your way you make you can make it through the game in about five to six hours yeah and then they also present the opportunity to the thing that's nice about a time traveling game where your boss the 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 evil bad guy is this time traveling entity as well as you have the luxury of being able to fight him in different eras Mm -hmm. under different circumstances so having certain people in your party having uh, made certain choices and actions and fighting lavos who is the entity in certain time periods will change the ending you get and that's how you kind of 
string along these different uh i guess the things you need to satisfy in yeah. order to get the ending and they have the ability to just fight lavos at the beginning of the game mm-hmm. right from the beginning Jeez. so when you do that you get access to the dream team ending which is like a meta textual look at the people who made the game they are in this own like they are at the end of time and you can talk to Hironobu Sakaguchi you can talk to Akira Toriyama you can talk to everyone who made the game and, I didn't know this yeah they just like celebrate like hey you did it you got the hardest ending in the game good job and they're just like hey isn't this cute and you see like a lot of unique animations and like it's very very cute wow do they have are these like little sprites of the... yeah, it, their characters they're like in-game characters that you walk around and interact with oh, yeah. what's the i want to know everything about it it's like you've been to the like lakers locker room and i want to know what it's like uh what what was the root what was the it, room it, like it's the uh, same layout as the end yeah. of time um, oh really and it's oh, cool. just like a lot of the assets have been replaced with the developers that you're talking to they just look like normal people um, but yeah, they, they showcase like, oh, hey, I made this effect and it's like something catching on fire or something was like, this, it's so cute. That's amazing. I mean, and I've truly consumed, I mean, the, over this last year, I've started consuming way too much video game content, mm-hmm. uh, between whether it be like just taking Retronauts, uh, directly into my arteries or Retronauts is my favorite video game oh, podcast. Oh my gosh. So good. Jeremy I d- Parrish. Oh, yeah. Bob Mackey? He read my letter on the Breath of the Wild episode. Wait. <laughs> did he say your full name or did he say Nick from... He said... I think he said Nick Limon. I you think... You know what? Maybe I knew that. Maybe I texted you because I've listened to that. It's like the w- Breath of the Wild's like... What's the actual title of the episode? It's like... It's not its influence, but its legacy or whatever. It's, I don't know. Yeah, something like that. Though. That is... That is like as cool as it gets oh dude i was i was pretty stoked oh my gosh uh yeah i the, i love them so much uh, have you watched his youtube channel i love his YouTube how channel. i recently the other night just well i watched the super mario 64 uh episodes on his channel but i just watched a gin gintendo of final yeah. fantasy adventure yeah. And man, that it's just like, oh, just another great thing for me to throw on when oh, I'm yeah, working it's on great. something. Like, I understand a lot of people's criticism of Jeremy is that he's a little bit monotonous with his tone, but I love it. I don't that give me someone who is a librarian oh, I to love talk it. about video yeah, games. Yeah, him and Bob I and I love a lot of the people who recur on that show. I mm-hmm. really love I think Cat Bailey is so great. Um, as my voice cracks, uh, this is, I mean, I'm sure my voice has cracked on the show before, but for the, those who don't know, I am constantly going through puberty. I've been going through puberty since I was 13. That explains the mustache. Yeah. It all comes full this circle. Dirty stash that I've got, uh, but I'm still only five foot 10. Uh, but, uh, yeah, Cat Bailey is wonderful. And then specifically him and this has become a retro nuts, uh, appreciation show, but the, I love that what him and Bob bring to the table are different things, but they're both so great in their own way and i feel like they complement each other so well it's analytical and also someone who's funny and also able to just be a little more casual yeah after taking the info dump yeah well um but no yeah the like one of the the fun facts about me whenever i you know maybe Mm -hmm. have a couple miller lights and i just want to fall asleep watching something on tv i'll either put on either jeremy Parrish like just retrospectives on games Uh or just a long play of a jrpg i'll probably never play in my life and just like fall asleep to that oh 
My, it's one of my favorite things to do. Uh, Nick, I don't know if you've patented or trademarked this <laughs> fun thing you do, but can I do this? Can I start doing this now? <laughs> yeah, you absolutely oh, can. Oh, that seems just so awesome. World of Long plays on YouTube and then just pick a random game you've never heard of that's like six hours long or longer. Wow. Do that. That's amazing. I, I don't even know where I started, how I started down this path, because I was like, I, have beca- <laughs> I, I basically was talking about how I consume too much video game content. I don't know. It's probably something you about... You said Retronauts. I was like, oh, oh I got to talk about oh, Retronauts. You know what? I'm back. I'm back, baby. All right, I know where I am. Uh, that happens to me all the time. <laughs> um, I, I, For as much uh, media as I've even consumed about this game this year, listening, I've listened to the Retronauts, the Kane and Rince episode um, over three times each, uh, just because I love hearing those people talk about uh, this game. I've also watched a ton of YouTube like reviews and retrospectives. Um I didn't know that about the developer room, yeah. the dream team room. That's amazing. That's the thing that I found out about in that tips and trick magazine that I mm. bought from the grocery store. And I was like, I need to see this ending. Wow. I have to do it. Do you remember anything about that first time you really played it on the PS1? Or is it kind of just like, I loosely remember playing the game? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I used to. There's, <laughs> also, there's a full-on party going out outside. <laughs> there's a jumper uh, yeah. right next to us, so I'm. Uh, <laughs> I think you know where Thank I'm going. Thank God there is a bouncy done. house. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, but one thing that was uh, a little bit un- maybe unique in my circumstance growing up is uh, my I lived in Rialto, which is about an hour and a half from L.A. proper. Uh, it's over in the Inland Empire for all of you mm-hmm. SoCal natives. And or not SoCal natives, yeah. And um, I went to school in Riverside, which is about a twenty-minute drive from Rialto. My mom would drive me there to school, go work for the day, and then after school, I'd stay at my grandma's. Oh, and so that's kind here of here we go. That's We're getting I, into it. That's where I spent most of my time. And during the summer, she still had to work, so my grandma would babysit me. Mm-hmm. And you know, I was like nine years old, so I feel like that's is that a normal time that kids are still getting babysat oh yeah i i don't don't know mexicans i'm mexican by the way yeah for mexicans you get babysat for until you're like 24 yeah like (laughs) a lot uh, you live at home for a while yeah i (laughs) well it's i think i mean from a from a non-mexican person i did have uh i had child care for a while too i think i I definitely went to daycare growing up because both my parents uh both my parents worked so i went to daycare for a little bit but then my grandma my grandma watched me and my sister after school when we got a little older Mm -hmm. when we were maybe like 10 11 or so um so but and i think until i was in junior high we had supervision after school for the most part i don't know i don't know what is normal jeremy what about you pretty much homeschool homeschool he says i ran into his mom as i walked in oh yeah oh wow you're still here (laughs) yeah jeremy's mom lives here and she's thank you and she treats the pod studio really well what (laughs) podcast would your mom do if she did one what do we got? What do we got? Of mine? No, if your mom did a podcast, yeah, what would it be on? Oh, like what would your, no, no. What would your mom talk about on a podcast? Her own separate oh, podcast. Writing. Yeah. She loves to write. She's oh, there you go. Your mom's a writer? Yeah. That's where he gets it from. Mm-hmm. Come to Mod Night every, uh, see uh, Hail Mary every uh, fourth Wednesday, <laughs> 30 at UCB Sunset. Um, <laughs> that's the sketch team. Uh, okay, that's. I like where we're. I like where we're going here. Yeah. So you would. So your PS One did it. It lived at Grandma's house. No, I took it home with me every day. So I would. Get, oh my goodness. I would wake up in the morning. I'd have like fifteen minutes to get ready and mm-hmm. and get out the door because you know my mom had work. Mm-hmm. And so I would scramble, unplug my PlayStation. <laughs> I would like okay. Never do doing have, it the night do before. I, do I have my controller? <laughs> no, because I spent all night playing it. Yes. And so I would disconnect it. 
take it with me get there grandma greets me grandpa greets me you know they'll they'll cook me something we'll we'll have a little breakfast and then i immediately just go into the living room and because i literally i had no job i had no life i was nine years old yeah you didn't have a job at age nine (laughs) i was nine years old and i would just immediately plug the playstation Uh in and then continue playing and then when it was like 5 30 6 o'clock that's usually when my mom was like gonna come pick me up Mm -hmm. so i run out the clock for as long as i possibly could and then once i saw my mom pull in i would disconnect the playstation say bye leave hopefully you were near a save station for this game at least (laughs) yeah for this game usually i I was pretty good about saving Mm -hmm. and take it back home on the car ride you know mom asked you how was everything what'd you do today i was fine i'll just play video games all day you want to hear about what's happening to chrono and crew (laughs) (laughs) and well actually yeah i would just talk her ear off and my mom always entertained me and would listen to all of the adventures I had in whatever game I was playing, and she never dismissed it, which I appreciate. She always entertained me Same. Whenever, whenever I would talk to her about video games. That's awesome. <laughs> that I mean, that pro- truly probably did only help cultivate your love and adoration for them. Because if she shut it down, and be like, you would have been discouraged. Yeah, no, yeah. and that was a honestly, I think my mom, despite not knowing anything about mm-hmm. video games, really cultivated my love for video games because she she's the good parent in that she would actually take interest in what I was, what and what media I was consuming. Yeah. Because I think that's super important. Like food, the media you consume has some sort of subtle effect on you, mm. whether you like to believe it or not, like it affects you. And she realized, you know, there's games that maybe little kids shouldn't be playing. And so she took interest in looking at like, okay, what's this rating? Yeah. Um, and not knowing anything about like good games because she wants to get the most bang for her buck too. Totally. She would go to GameStop or wherever uh, the video game section of uh, like a Target or something mm-hmm. and talk to me. She's like, do you play video games to the person there? What do you recommend can you yeah. imagine the people she talked to? Oh, yeah. Hopefully some helpful people, but I've also interacted with some employees at like a GameStop or a Best Buy, and I've been like, I've said, there have been times where I've gone out of my way to be like, oh, yeah, I'm really excited for like this game or whatever, and they just give me a blank stare, and I'm like, oh, I'm talking to the wrong person. <laughs> well, she never she yeah. never picked up a dud. Wow. She, she always like, and not like nostalgically looking yeah. back and be like, oh, yeah, I love this game. Like, no, they're good games that my mom got me. I, I feel like she had someone like me telling her what to buy me, but that wasn't the case. I didn't know anything about video games back then. And so she was just cared that she wanted to make sure that I was playing something that was good. There was, you know, <laughs> you're going to find out at some point she's going to tell you that there was there was a, a man in a cloak and sunglasses and a hat over his face that would always give her good advice on games. And you're going to find out someday that was you from the future. Dude, time traveling chrono trigger. Oh my God, it all comes Whoa! full circle again. We're going to do that 50 times during this yeah. episode. <laughs> Uh, it, that, it, it just it's it was cool that she cared yeah and that's something that i was nine years old i did not appreciate yeah. but looking back now it's like oh i wouldn't be where i am right now without my mom absolutely i mean i uh, i don't i never try to i talk about a lot of myself a lot on these episodes because it's hard not to i don't want to make this about uh not you but i have the same experience i was i found this picture that i'm i'm gonna try to find and show you um, of my mom and I playing video games and I uh, like the original Nintendo when I was very young and then she, I didn't realize how young I was in this picture until she uh, told me because mm-hmm. I, I sent I found it the other day because I want to use it for the website or some post for this show yeah that's cute oh shoot can I, where did it go Do you uh, remember oh what? I found it I I'm assuming this was Mario Brothers but I am less than two years old in this picture that is 
is adorable. Yeah. Also, your mom. Very great hair. Oh, such good curly hair. Good curly hair. Oh, Jeremy, check this puppy out. Whoa. Yeah, look at me. I'm so cute. That's crazy. Uh, I told, I she sent me, I asked her, I was like, was this at her old house? She was like, yeah, because Carly, uh, my sister, um, had just been born, so I would have been less than two years old because I'm 22 months oh, older. Wow. And I was like, oh, so this video game thing is your fault. Yeah. <laughs> Mom. She's the reason why yeah. you have a problem now. Um, but that is, so that's, I mean, I know how special that is to me, so that's really cool that, I mean, of course other people have had that experience, but that's really cool to learn that about you too. Yeah, and and like my grandma could have also just come mm-hmm. into the room at any point and been like, hey, you've been in this room for six hours. You got to go outside. <laughs> which would have been fair. <laughs> yeah, which would have been totally fine. But she never did. Yeah. She was like because i i wasn't i never ignored her or anything uh-huh. like i'd always you know i'd leave the room and talk to her for a bit and just kind of float in and out but she just always referred to it her and my dad would always refer to my video games as she chivas which, uh, which in spanish would just like in that context is just hey get your shit and get yeah. out of here oh like, my gosh hey, did you bring your shit cool connect it <laughs> <laughs> that's so great it's kind of it's like it's definitely a term of endearment yeah but there's course. a tiny jab to yeah, it of course she was like you 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 clearly are having fun and that's all she cared about that's so cool man i mean there is i haven't had to think much about child bearing or rearing or whatever whatever you call raising a kid uh (laughs) because i don't have any plans to do that uh very like in the immediate future of my life but of course i have friends who have kids but i think there probably is something to seeing a kid take an interest in anything yeah and just kind of trying to cultivate it. Mm-hmm. i'm gonna try to you know what nick let's make a vow to each other today to try to uh be aware of that when we are uh parents someday yeah and i don't want to be like weird like video game dad who's just <laughs> like oh son you gotta play the classics you know or son or daughter you gotta <laughs> i'm gonna start you off with super mario 64 yeah and it's more so just let them play their Fortnites or whatever yeah. and just see like, hey, if you like this, you'll probably like this. Mm-hmm. Check it out. Yeah. But you also know I will not buy a game until they can beat me in a round of Smash. Oh, wow. <laughs> so they're never getting a game. Yeah. I was like, oh, last time I bought a game was four years ago. Hmm. It's <laughs> they're I'm like, just... yeah, dad, I don't play video games anymore because of it. <laughs> it's because I wanted to play it. Yeah. What? Well, who's your... Uh... Who's your Smash? Uh, are there a couple characters you like? Or do you have uh, a name? Link and Mario. I love Link. Mario for one-on-one, Link for parties. Mm-hmm. Link for when things Ooh. get rowdy. <laughs> oh, I like I like Link for one-on-one. That's definitely my best the character I have the best handle on. Um, I also like Diddy a lot. Diddy's good. I, uh, but for fun, I'll use like anybody. But I like a good villager, a good Donkey Kong. Yeah. Uh, I, I feel like I'm pretty versatile with most Smash mm-hmm. characters. So. I try to put on the. I try to mostly play with random characters because yeah. there's so many. Um, speaking of Chrono for Smash, uh, it'll never happen. <laughs> oh my god, I'd lose my mind. They got one more game, one more character to yeah. announce. I would lose my mind yeah. if Chrono was in Smash. Plus the extra, the there'll. I mean, is it, it's all it's confirmed right that there's going to be an additional pat like fighters pass. Yeah. Yeah. So one it's, more for it, this it's round. Possible. But also they already just they literally added a character from Dragon Quest again. Like the yeah. clout behind that series make Chrono Trigger. So and Akira Toriyama only has one art style and if you squint your eyes hard enough you can pretend it's Chrono. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you would have thought that about Fire Emblem characters and we've got 23 of them in Smash. Uh wow. Um you play do you remember did you beat this game on that first playthrough on the on PS the, on one? the PlayStation? Yeah. Wow. How old? And do you remember how old you were? Like, did you already say like nine like or ten? I was about nine or ten. Yeah. That's. Um. Had you beaten games before? Oh yeah. That's that's definitely like when I 
spent most of my time mm-hmm. thinking and playing video games. Like, yeah. That's all I talked about was just video games. And, you know, I had friends who also shared similar tastes. So I would borrow whatever game I could get my hands on and mm-hmm. just play through it and devour it. I was very hungry in that period of my life especially for final fantasy oh, or yeah. final fantasy adjacent material like that's when i did my entire series playthrough just like i have nothing but time oh. so let's do it now i don't have time for jrpgs unfortunately every now and then i'm slowly working my way through dragon quest 11 mm-hmm. but man it's, it's real good that's my comfort game food though yeah you can come home for 30 minutes before i fall asleep play that and it's like such a nice wholesome thing mm-hmm. too which i appreciate Man, we could get into a whole discussion. Oh on, man, we're, I'm going on tan, on a tangent, right? No, no, uh, but you, no, no, no. Let this game, this show is full of tangents, and that's good because there's it also. It's like wow. I mean, especially with someone like yourself who clearly takes a an active interest in games, we could just talk about games forever. But uh, that made that did make me think of. Uh, oh shoot, did I just lose my thought? Oh, no, no, oh, no. Uh, this is a new segment where Connor loses his thoughts, and we and we ramble until he actually remembers it. So imagine like a elevator music playing in the background, um, something about beating a game. Oh gosh, I just don't 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 even remember it. It's all good, if I may, though. Yes, please. Um, oh, you may. Uh, looking at like not only is Chrono Trigger just my favorite game, mm-hmm. but I think it's something that truly helped me in a period of my life after the fact, not when I was nine. That it was maybe. Uh, times weren't as nice and hunky-dory as they used to be. It was uh, back in 2015, mm-hmm. I want to say, yeah, 2015. Yeah. It would just graduated from Azusa Pacific, yeah. uh, our school. And that was actually a period of my life where I'd broken up with a longtime girlfriend. I'm it was, sorry. It was like a, nah, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it, You're it, in a happy relationship but, now. But, but in, yeah, but in that time, it yeah. was like, you know, it's devastating for yeah. anyone who's in a, a four plus year relationship that just Man. suddenly ends. And that's when I was like, you know, I, I'm not working in the field I want to be. Mm-hmm. I was working, you know, at Best Buy. I was lifeguarding, mm-hmm. doing that and just really subsisting and just like oh i guess i'll just exist for a bit yeah Yeah. that entertainment business is a lot harder to get in than i thought oh boy but then uh i was like you know what i'm gonna do something i've always wanted to do and i went to japan that was was the first time i went to japan and i just that's something i've always wanted to do and because i'm a giant like weeb otaku yeah dork (laughs) i'm not weird about it it's fine (laughs) like that was like i think i will have a good time in japan and um during that period of my life too i was also I still am to some extent, but I am. I was a very like socially anxious person. Yeah, like, we we knew each other in college, but I didn't yeah. really talk to anyone in college. I was kind of the quiet kid who just did the assignments and yeah. then left. I didn't really like interacting with people I didn't know because I just got so uncomfortable. Totally. And so I went to, I kind of made it my mission to sit at a bar in Japan and just try and be casual and maybe try engaging in a conversation which is very dumb looking back because i did not speak fluent japanese <laughs> but thankfully a lot of people but do speak english that's actually that's like brave on top of brave it's brave enough already especially i mean to be anybody and talk to a stranger and engage <laughs> in a normal conversation let alone someone who 
maybe like does deal with social anxious anxiety issues yeah and in a foreign country where you do not speak the language fluently so good on you yeah it was fun that's was, really cool it was my first like solo abroad trip and mm-hmm. so i just wanted to like wow i want to do something crazy and so yeah. i went to this random video game bar because i'm a nerd guys i've not said that enough yet <laughs> i went to a, a video game bar uh out on the outskirts of akihabara which is the like electric district mm-hmm. of tokyo that's the one that you usually see like advertised Ooh. it's like giant built buildings with like anime characters video games it's very bright neon like it's very fun oh yeah and this little video game bar is a little bit like off the strip if you think of it like vegas and it's called the a button bar mm-hmm. it's a very very cute place that i go to every time i go to japan mm-hmm. now and uh, i sat down and it's the one thing i didn't know about japanese bars because i'm just used to american bars is they are tiny oh they are tiny and my first I'm first met with the realization that I have to walk like basically crotch to people's backs yeah. in order to squeeze past six Japanese businessmen mm-hmm. to sit on the very far end. It's like maybe 15 feet wide by like 80 feet deep. Oh my gosh. It, it's very narrow. Wow. Very, very narrow. And so I did the awkward, like I'm clearly mm-hmm. a Mexican in Japan. I clearly didn't belong. Yeah. <laughs> and so like I sat down and, you know, I ordered a drink or whatever. And I kind of just like, oh, looking at the place, I'm like, oh, this is really cool. They had like a lot of memorabilia. Uh-huh. Just like you could tell they really just use this bar to justify storing their video game collection not in their home um but it was really cool because because i saw things that i just had never seen before Mm -hmm. and it was really exciting but then the whole social anxiety kind of set in again i was like oh man i'm there's just like japanese businessmen shooting the shit and you smoking chain smoking oh yeah and just like okay well i'll probably leave in like 30 minutes i'll have another drink and then i'll all bounce and then I'm like, oh, I'm not going to talk to this man. I don't, I don't speak Japanese. Yeah. Like, I can say hi and that's it. Like, good afternoon, good sure. evening. And then this man looks at me and he says, do you like video games? <laughs> and I was like, yes. I do oh, like, my gosh. I do like video games. He says, oh, me too, me too. And this uh, Japanese businessman is like probably late 30s, early 40s. And then he says, what is your favorite game? And I, I was just like, oh, uh, I like this game called Chrono Trigger. And he just lights up. Oh, my Chrono God. Trigger. I love <laughs> Chrono Trigger. Turns to his friends. This guy loves Chrono Trigger. <laughs> and that, that's exactly what he did. Oh my he, he looked to his, his cohorts and they all like, oh, you love you. Uh, you know about Chrono Trigger. I was like, yeah, it's my favorite game of all time. And then they told the, the bartender uh-huh. and his wife, like, Oh, he, 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 his favorite game is Chrono Trigger. Oh, oh, and she comes over and she brings me like some sake. It's like, oh, hey, I'm happy you're here kind of thing. It's like they found out that your wife was pregnant. (laughs) (laughs) They they just lit up and we just started diving into like just talking about games in like broken English, like translating back and forth on uh, like Google Translate. And we just like... I made friends that night with a bunch of random people and it was like to the point where like, well, what are you playing right now? Oh, I'm playing this game called Persona 4 Golden. Oh, Persona, (laughs) Persona. Oh my God, I love Persona. And then the owner of the bar straight up, that's like his current game that he was playing. Oh, wow. So he just grabbed like, he has like a onesie from uh, one of the characters named Teddy in that game. And he like... You like put it on, put it on, and he goes, "I'll take your picture, I'll take your picture." And then he brought like all of the character figurines that he has from the game and just kind of put them next to me so that I could look at them while I drank and stuff. And it was just like such a fun, oh my exciting experience. 
And uh, thankfully, there was a, a guy there who was a, a, a gaijin, a former American who now lives in Japan. Oh, wow. And he was like actively translating for me. He was like, oh, it's nice to meet you, man. Like He was, he was kind of like my guide to talking to these businessmen. That's amazing. So it, it kind of wound up as just like Chrono Trigger was this thing that transcended borders and yeah. really just helped us connect. It, it made me realize that video games are important on a cultural level because they do help like movies and literature they it's a shared experience that we all have we all wandered through the forest outside mm-hmm. of the lean's castle yeah we all went to the millennium fair we also all saw the world end mm-hmm. in uh the future so it's just like we it's kind of like we shared that same war story kind of thing wow and, and through that kind of shared narrative we have a, a bond which is pretty nice. Oh my gosh, that is so beautiful. It was really, really, really. Fun. I gotta go to Japan, and I'm yeah. gonna find this guy, and they're gonna be like, "No, we we don't like JRPGs in this bar. We're a Street Fighter bar, <laughs> and I'm not gonna fit in." Well, 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 oddly enough, though, like I went to that bar again mm-hmm. when I went to Japan for a second time. Oh my gosh, of course. And what do you remember the bar's name? It's called the A Button Bar. A Button Bar. It's the it's the bar I go to every time I go to Japan. Like I just have to. It's like a rite of passage. Like you just have yeah. to do it. And oddly enough, I sat down there again, and then the gaijin who is there, yes. his name is uh, his, uh, Raz, uh-huh. uh, and he was like, looked at me for a second. I hadn't seen this dude for like three years. He looked at me, because we all added, like at the end of the night, the first time, we all added each other on Facebook. I was going to ask like if that. you kept yeah. in touch. That's amazing. I, I added the bar, the bar owner, all, all of them, and, and he looked at me, he says, is your name Nick? <laughs> I was like... Yeah, you remember me? He says, yeah, man. You should have hit me up. I didn't know you were going to be in Japan. I've, I have to work tomorrow. Otherwise, I would have like shown you around yeah. or something. But it's just like cool to be there. And then he was like, hey, bar owner, do you remember Do you remember him? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I showed him the picture. He goes, oh, good to see you again. So it was, it was nice. That's amazing. I, that is like, oh. I closed my loop. <laughs> you did. You closed your own loop. Wow. This tri- Back to Looper, which we were talking about on the video portion. I mean, it is a time travel movie. That's amazing. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Um so yeah, Chrono Trigger means a lot to it, me. That's that's amazing. I mean, there's a there's a bunch of stuff about the game like the 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 things that we could talk about. Um I don't think we need to, but if there's anything else you want to share about the game itself, we could what makes it special. Otherwise, I have some fun stuff we could do. Let's get into that fun okay. stuff. Okay. I'm done with the boring stuff. Yeah. Let's get that fun Let's stuff. Let's move on to the fun stuff. Um I realize so I used to do a and it might come back. I think it'll come back based on the episode. Um but I used to do a quiz me guy by quiz me by your game portion. We now do a fact me by your game portion mm. of the show where I'll tell you some facts that you probably already know. Um, and we talked earlier about how this was the first game to feature the new game plus feature. Mm-hmm. Um, this is also the first game to have multiple like true endings yeah. to a game instead of just like an ending screen. That's a little different or something like that, which is pretty cool. Um, did you also did you know that uh, Gaspar, who I didn't realize that's the name of the old man at the end of time, mm-hmm. he was uh, once planned to be a playable character to I be did not in know your that. party. There was like I think in the because there was a demo that was released that they eventually people found like glitches in or able to find out, like data mine the game a little. I mean I don't think they called it data mining back then, but they found out that there was some code in the game that had him as a as a as a playable character. Um, and then the last thing I wanted to share is apparently there is a glitch in this game that is similar to the missing no glitch in Pokemon red and blue, where it's 
you as you're fighting certain characters with I I can't I don't know how to pronounce a prehistoric character's name Isla Isla thank you uh it's found by spamming her charm on certain enemies and the sword you'll like the sword will drop in battle so you'll pick it up you and you can't equip it because you're in battle and then after the battle the sword disappears from your inventory because there's actually no data for the weapon mm. so it's like an amalgamation of the other like weapons swords in the game that chrono can get i guess that are some i don't know if it's like te- like code got jumbled or whatever or it pull like once you spam it activates some weird thing but that's another weird yeah, that's thing about this cool. game uh so yeah that's all the facts i had to share uh did you have any facts you wanted to share i never asked the guest but you do know a lot about this game um i think the only one that i could think of that comes to mind is uh the one of the early villains in the game, his mm-hmm. name is Magus. Mm-hmm. Uh, for people who are familiar with Dragon Ball Z, he looks a lot like Vegeta. Mm-hmm. But um, one of the one of the things he has like his lackeys. He has three lackeys named uh, Slash, Flea, and I forget what the, is the third one. I forget the third. Kanye one. West. Yeah, <laughs> but 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 they're all. Because uh, Nobuo Omatsu and Yasunori Mitsuda are mm-hmm. huge fans of rock and roll and prog rock specifically, and yeah. like their Slash isn't a prog rock artist, but they just love rock and roll. Um, they named well, they're. I'm sorry, no, that was completely wrong. Uh, they are fans of those things, but in the Japanese version, it was something that was localized for Japan audiences. That was like a clever play on words mm-hmm. that doesn't work in America. Oh. Like it's it's a localization choice. Like back in the day, if you look at old school like anime or video games, you often find donuts in g- games that are Japanese, but it's actually just like a onigiri, like a like a rice ball. Oh, but because oh. Amer- dumb Americans don't have the context for what that is. Yes. they're just like it's a donut. It's yeah. a jelly donut. So similar in that. There are people's jobs who is it to localize certain Mm -hmm. choices that might only make sense under certain contexts. And so the American localization for these characters, because it didn't work in Japanese or the Japanese names didn't work in English, they made it like, oh, it would be a fun analog. Mm -hmm. Uh, We'll do rock stars. Famous rock stars. So you have Flea from Red Hot Chili Peppers, Uh Slash from, what band is Slash in? Is Slash ACDC? I should know. No, he's from uh, the Ramones, the Rolling Stones. (laughs) This is bad. I just, he's I just, from, um, uh, welcome to the jungle. Those guys, uh, Guns and Roses. Guns and Roses. Yeah. Oh, see, I've, I've always just known him as Slash when he was a oh. solo performer, and then I can't remember the third character's name. So I'm, I'm a little. It bit, wasn't Kanye I'm, West. No, it wasn't Kanye. <laughs> it might have been. No, no, I don't know. But yeah, there's like, I appreciate that kind of like smart localization mm-hmm. choice. That's fun. Fun little, uh, fun little tidbit too for the for the American gamers. Yeah, that's really cool. Ozzy. Ozzy. Duh. Oh, of course. Yeah. yeah. All right. Go. Um, I also like to do, uh, that was the end of the fact to me by your game mm-hmm. segment. I like to do, uh, some game recommendations, which I'm, I know you've played one of these games and the other one, who knows? Um, because like at the end of the movie, call me by your name, Elio moves on. He's obviously has to move on from the relationship that he has in that movie. Sometimes after you end a relationship, you date someone very similar to the la- that mm-hmm. last person. Sometimes you date someone wildly different. So, I like to give recommendations based on that. If you want something that is similar but slight a slightly different uh, tune, this is more for the listeners since you've played it, but I'd recommend Earthbound. It's, for me, my second favorite. Chrono Trigger is my favorite RPG on the system. I think, I honestly go back and forth between these two, mm-hmm. but this one was also great and did uh, had a 
has a lot in common as far as like all of the NPCs are really fun to talk to. Um, there, you are a crew, of course, like in any JRPG, you're a crew banding together to like fight the end of the world, basically, which is Gygus. Uh, yeah, so that's my similar one. But the one out of left field I want to get, I was trying to think because we were talking earlier about the dream team and Mm -hmm. about, um, you know, about Sakaguchi and uh, Hori coming together as the Final Fantasy and Dragon Quest creators. I was trying to find another game where it's like what two studios came together and made like an amazing game. I was really coming up empty Mm -hmm. as far as like something on a similar level. So I was like, you know what? Didn't they come out with a game recently that was a team up of not studios, but well, it was studios, but properties, which is Tokyo Mirage Mirage Sessions, hashtag FE. So Persona and Fire Emblem. I love Tokyo Mirage. Uh, You've already played this game. Perfect. And and it's coming out on Switch. Yes. Very soon. And I'm Mm -hmm. very excited to pick that up. again. Yeah. But yeah, you're like a J-pop singers mm-hmm. turned like warriors who summon Fire Emblem characters as entities to wage war <laughs> for you. It's very silly, very fun, good music, yeah. very good music. And same thing with Earthbound, fantastic mm-hmm. music. Oh my goodness. It's not the Beatles, so they can't get sued, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, they've. I think they're. everyone's passed that since they've done the SNES Classic yeah. release in Virtual Console, but uh, but yeah, those, those are my wrecks. Those are good wrecks. Um, all right, so we were at the end of the show. Thank you so much again, Nick, for doing this. Uh, it was really fun to, one, just get to see after six and a half know, years. it's been a while. A really easy excuse. Um, and two, this was a really fun episode, and I love this game too, and it uh, was really fun. So before we go, is there anything that you want to plug? Where should we? Where do you want us to find you? Anything we should be uh, looking out for? You can follow me on your social media of choice, uh, at adventnick. A-D-V-E-N-T-N-I-C-K. Um, I usually am talking about video games or food. Um, but outside of that, I am a video producer for IGN, so you can see my work there on a daily basis. I produce a show called The Daily Fix, which is a daily news show, and then a bunch of other things. Too many things. Yeah. Um, but yeah, also check out, I do a, a comedy gaming variety show called Cyber Garbage TV. That happens once a week, and... Um, yeah, you should check that out over on twitch.tv slash cybergarbagetv. It's me and my roommate. We've been doing a live show for close to like five years now. Um, this is the smallest iteration it's ever been, uh, but it's just us hanging out, shooting the shit, talking about the week's news and just like being dumb on the internet. That's fun. I just found this out because I was looking at your Twitter yesterday and I was like, wait, I've never looked at that thing that's in his Twitter bio and I found this. Mm. Yeah. Very cool. Uh, Thank you again. Um, This show is produced by the great Jeremy Schmidt. Um, You can find him on Twitter at Ocarina of Crime, on Instagram at Scaremy Schmidt. You should absolutely listen to Jeremy's show, Video Games, a Comedy Show. It's a very fun show that I am lucky enough to guest on uh, uh, often enough. It's it's wonderful. Find it anywhere you listen to your podcasts. Um, You can find me on the socials at Connor underscore McCabe. Uh, If you're a fan of improv, you want to see some fun uh, come out to uh, the UCB Theater in Los Angeles. Uh, I'm a part of a Herald team called Jet Set. Uh, we perform weekly, so just look us up or or message me, and I can help you find tickets. Um, you can find the show at on Instagram at Call Me By Your Game Pod. Email us with any questions, anything anything you want to say to us at 
callmebyyourgamepodcast at gmail.com. Visit our website at callmebyyourgame.com. And uh, if you're having fun, you, you're really enjoying the show, a way you can, that you can uh, totally help us out is leaving a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. That helps our visibility. It helps more people find us. It helps uh, more opportunity for criticism if you don't like us. So you can more people will know about me and be able to do that. But I hope they won't. Anyway, thank you for listening to this episode of Call Me By Your Game. We'll see you next time.